evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chris Skyhawk. I'll be your host tonight on KZYX. This is Universal Perspectives. That was Danny Dollinger with his song, Ghost of a Chance. We are. I am doing my, my continuing series, Surviving Late Stage Capitalism, What's Next? And in the studio tonight with me is my dear friend, Audrey Chancellor. And we're going to talk about healing paths as we all deal with this planetary transition that we're on right now. Audrey has been a good friend of mine for a number of years. And we were reminiscing as we were getting ready for the show. And Audrey, hello. Hi. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a true honor. Thank yes, I'm super excited to have you. And I'm turning my attention on, in the series now on towards healing paths. I think pretty much people know the planet. We're, we're really in some crisis now. And we're looking at, I want to spend some time on my series now, looking at possible solutions and how we go through these transitions and what might be next on the other side. So you uh, are a person who is on the healing path and become a healing practitioner yourself. We were reminiscing what we first met. When I first met you, you were a young woman. You came to the parenting workshop, so I did a safe passage. And now you're doing the sacred sound healings, and I'd really like to just talk about that. You do Mendocino sound healings, and why don't you tell us, listeners, a little bit about that and what you offer there, and let's talk about the importance of sound and healing. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's been a long journey for me. I've been doing this uh, modality for about 20 years now, and um, it came about... I was experiencing a really deep depression in my life, and um, nothing was really helping me, and I went to go see a sound healer. It was my first time ever experiencing it, and he placed me on a table, and my feet were next to a fire, and he was playing the didgeridoo over my body, and... Um, Tibetan bowls on top of my body and I could just feel all the negative energy and all the depression getting washed out of my body into the fire and being burned up and after that experience I just my body was vibrating at a different level and I, my depression was gone I was much happier and I kept on hearing the drone of the sound of the didgeridoo in my consciousness and my roommate at the time had one and I tried to play it I made all sorts of weird loose mating sounds <laughs> oh, no. and all sorts of just didn't sound very good <laughs> and eventually I just kept on picking it up it really wanted me to play and so I played in um, just different drum circles where people couldn't hear what I was doing, eventually got into the rhythm, and I was a smoker at the time, I was 21, and I was trying to quit smoking, and after I'd played the didgeridoo for a while, I'd go to the bathroom and I'd spit out black bile out of my mouth, so I was cleaning Ooh, out my lungs. Wow. And at wow, the same, sounding. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew it was working from the inside out, uh, and I really do feel like the true healing is working from inside our each one of us individually uh-huh. and um yeah at the same time i was exploring reiki and just really tapping into that universal life force and doing a lot of yoga so the prana breathing and just feeling really connected to the earth and really grounding in that energy but also just really sharing it with the sun and doing a lot of sun gazing and yeah over the years just really working with the didgeridoo mostly as a tool at the beginning with um just personal sessions playing around with it asking people what they're experiencing so very intuitively at the beginning and then finding teachers it was like teachers were finding me different didgeridoo masters i had a friend give me a a crystal singing bowl it's a throat chakra that i've had for quite some time so i do um chakra toning with clients and groups as well and that's really amazing because it's like illuminating our inner rainbow. And once we illuminate our inner rainbow and get all of our chakras really aligned and activated, that's when we can really emanate that love vibration, that healing vibration, and that's just going to ripple out to everyone that we're coming in contact with. And, you know, the, the, the hope and the vision is that when I'm working in a sound bath or a sound group experience, after doing a whole um, experience with these healing tools of sound and frequency and meditation, then we come together as a collective and we bridge our hearts together, creating a rainbow bridge. And we just did this actually just the last new moon and sent a lot of love over the whole world and all those that are in need. Mm. And it was phenomenal. Like we were really being in a hell of space of love and just really supportive energy out to everyone that really needs it right now. So just seeing it on this deep level of we are all vibration 
we are all made of water and we can all you know react to this vibrational pulse that happens and these tools a lot of them are like ancient tools from the beginning of time um, and they're all coming into play more and more and it's incredible to see how many sound healers are coming to the surface because 20 years ago people were like what are you doing <laughs> what are, okay that's really weird what the heck is that sound healing <laughs> and i just love seeing that there's right. just so many people that are tuning into it and um yeah it's just really exciting because you know there is really a lot of adversity on this planet right now of course we're seeing it climate change you know the war you yeah know, so it's a long list <laughs> yeah right it could go on forever so seeing this higher vibrational energy that people are really connecting into a lot of more meditation a lot more yoga you're seeing even like you know 20 years ago a lot of yoga studios weren't as full as they are today so you're just seeing all these modalities that are really needed and really coming more and more into fruition so i would really, really like to ask i've been dying to know i know do you tell the listeners about your trip to australia when you really started working with the didgeridoo tell, tell us about that Thank you. Yeah, um, I played the didgeridoo for seven years without circular breathing and didn't realize, you know, I was in my early 20s and I was really a little bit naive (laughs) that women traditionally don't play in uh, the Aboriginal Indigenous culture. Uh And when I found that out, I was, my heart just sank and I didn't want to be disrespectful. I wanted to figure it out and know the story around it. So I actually packed up my bags and went to Australia to connect with the people. (laughs) Like, I got (laughs) to figure this out. (laughs) Um, and being Canadian I was able to get a working holiday visa for a whole year so I was like I'm off for a whole year I'm going to you know connect in with the people and figure what my place is in all this because my heart really wants to play but I want to make sure that's doing sure yeah you don't want to do cultural appropriation which you see a lot of you want to be respectful to the culture that you're you're employing as a tool I understand that sure yeah exactly and when I first landed, it was a bit intense, my first reaction that I had with an indigenous person, and they were very offended that I had a didgeridoo, so I had to be really mindful, and I tried to tell them my story around it, and they didn't really want to listen. He put his hand up to me and just didn't want to hear it, so it was like this rabbit totem I have that wanted to flee. I'm like, I just got here, but I don't want to be here. <laughs> this is intense. But, you know, it was, I connected with an owl spirit, or an owl, action owl. Um, it was a tawny frogmouth owl came down. And I asked him, I'm like, what is my path here? And he pointed What kind of owl? A tawny frogmouth owl. I've never, those are only in Australia? They I've never heard of so that before. They are so cute. <laughs> you got to look them up on the internet. They look like little frog owls. Really? <laughs> They're amazing. Well, I'm getting educated here because I never knew such a thing existed. <laughs> so he pointed in a direction and he pointed to South Australia. And that's where I stayed. I stayed in South Australia for a whole seven months. I lived with a woman that actually played the didgeridoo somehow our paths crossed and she was an amazing medicine woman for me and then i also connected with a whole group of um they call them mobs so a mob from uh, east onam land with where the didgeridoo actually originated from and the the ancient story of it was that they would come down to all the other mobs down the line of all of australia and they trade the didgeridoo so that was their tool to share with the whole mm-hmm. of australia and so when I connected with that family, I got to be with them for a whole week. They were traveling around um, southern Australia because there was a huge fire devastation. 300 people were um, passed on. I remember it that. Was huge. I remember that. It was 2008, 2009, around that time. And um, and it was incredible. So I was able to be in ceremony with them. They were you know dancing, re-singing the song lines into the earth. And at the very end of the week, you know, I approached the father of the group and I, you know, I presented the fact that I played the didgeridoo for seven years and my heart really wanted to play. And, you know, he's like, well, let's hear you play. And I played for him and he was just so grateful that I even asked for permission to play around him. And he just knew that I had a humble nature and... And he's like, well, you don't need my permission, but you have my blessing to play. Oh, what a great choice of words. My God, <laughs> yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah, well, it's really beautiful. You don't need my permi- permission, but you have my blessing. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful use of words. My gosh. And then after he gave me his blessing, I was able to circular breathe. You weren't able to do it before that? I wasn't. Wow. No, I was stuck. I wasn't able to figure it out. I was taught by so many different people. And then Let's tell the listeners what circular breathing is, just in case they need to know that. 
Sure. Um, so circular breathing is breathing out at the same time you're breathing in. So with the didgeridoo, you're breathing and creating a drone rhythm. And then when you take a quick sniff in, you're still creating that rhythm. So you don't really lose, um, you don't have a break in your rhythm, I guess. But it also really enhances like the oxygen flow in the body and the vibration that's coming through. So I think for that, it just deepened my practice. I bet it feels really good, huh? It does. You the oxygen <laughs> flowing through like that, my goodness. <laughs> I want to give a little shout here. I know, let's talk about you do sacred sound healers now. Let's give a shout out to your your partner in this wonderful endeavor, Sarah Bassendale. Mm, yeah. Hello, Sarah. I don't know if you're listening or not, but <laughs> and uh, so there you were in Australia. You learned the circular breathing. How long did you stay in Australia for? I was actually there for only nine months. I was going to be there for a whole year. Um, And I was traveling mostly southern Australia, but I went to Tasmania for a whole month. And I highly recommend visiting Tasmania. It's just such a sweet island. It's quite large. And my goal was to drive around in my little car and find every single waterfall on this map I had of Tasmania. (laughs) And sing and play didgeridoo and just really connect in with the elements. And yeah, so I was alone for that whole journey. And then actually my husband, Sonny, who wasn't my husband at the time, he ended up coming and flying in after I was on Tasmania. And we connected for a whole two and a half months in Australia. And then we decided to go to Japan. So that was kind of our little travel story and our love connection of just really blossoming. And, yeah, just so grateful for that that journey. Well, I was wondering if you... You have a didgeridoo in the studio with us here. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you would... Give our listeners a, a little sample of, of the, the sound of it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's do that, and then we'll go back yeah. to our conversation mm-hmm. here. We're going to hear Audrey play some Did You Do Right Now. And then we'll continue on with our interview. Yeah. I just invite all you listeners out there just to take a deep breath into your belly and ground with your feet down into the earth. Just really... Send love to our Mother Earth and feel that support from her at this time. Is this the right spot for you? I think so. Okay. do there thank you so much Audrey that's very very moving oh, I'm, I'm curious to ask you more about uh, your experience in Australia I mean thinking of the Aboriginal people that's truly one of the oldest cultures on the pl- face of this planet what was it like to be around such an ancient tradition for you oh it's phenomenal um, yeah their their grounding energy is just so beautiful they're really connected to the earth and really connected to their culture and um yeah it's uh it's another level you know i i personally feel like 
Like the didgeridoo, the frequency of sound was the first creation on this planet. And, um, you know, their dream time, it's like they're dreaming in the reality of what is. And I feel like we all have that capacity to dream and visualize what we truly want on this planet and in our lives. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a great segue towards what, what towards um, using the sound of didgeridoos and other things in terms of planetary healing. I wonder if you would like to tell us a little bit more about how you see that that playing out in terms of what the planet needs right now. Yeah, well, you know, with the indigenous culture, um, I didn't really speak of this before, but I grew up in a Cree First Nations community when I was younger in Canada. As a young little girl, I was um, really amazed by just the connection to the land that the indigenous people had and just like their reverence for Mother Earth and all the creatures, all the living beings. And, you know, the the philosophy that we are of the Earth and the more that we can tend and give back to the Earth, the more that the Earth is going to thrive and flourish. And, you know, we're seeing that in our community, which I just, excuse me, absolutely love. In our Mendocino community, there's so many local farmers and people that are regenerating the soil that are really connecting mm. and giving back and um, making sure that we have you know um, thriving food to eat which is like essential for life and you know thriving with our forests too like the Pomo Nation right now um, I'm not sure if a lot of the listeners know but the Jackson State Forest is being clear cut in certain areas and that's really alarming <clears throat> Like our local trees, the lungs of our earth are being taken away, and we can't let that happen, you know, as a community. And um, I would maybe just like to mention that this Monday on the 14th, there's a rally in Ukiah to really speak that, and um, from 3 to 5 p.m. <laughs> so just really gathering together in solidarity and speaking for the trees because they can't speak for themselves. And um, the Pomo grandmother, uh, I believe her name is Priscilla. Is that Priscilla Hunter. Okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, she spoke about how the spirits of the trees are their ancestors. And that just rang so true. So when they cut these trees down, they're not just cutting them for resources. You know, it's like cutting a tie of their ancestry. And that's, um, you know, that's really sad mm. on so many levels. So I think um, the more that we can really connect our hearts to Mother Earth's um, rhythm and her her heart center, the more we can feel her and the more that we are just going to be able to respect her as a human race. And seeing climate change happen so quickly, you know, a root cause of my depression was actually when I was, um, you know, a preteen all of a sudden understanding, oh my gosh, this is the world that I'm being handed. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I'm 41, so I can only imagine what the kids now are thinking. You know, there's just been so much more um, devastation that's been happening. And it's like, how do we transform that? So how do we recreate that dream of we are going to be okay? Our earth is going to be okay. Humanity is going to be okay. And where is that hope? Where is that seed? And for me personally, it's in my garden with my children. And teaching them, like, this is how we work with the soil. This is how we plant seeds. This is how we, you know, give thanks. Like, I give gratitude all the time in my garden with my children. And we, like, literally plant a seed and we say, love, giving it love, you know. So it's just those little moments in life and those little um, trends. How many children do you have? Oh, I have two. Two, okay. <laughs> tell, us, tell us their names and ages. I, I know one of them. I think they're listening, so I'm sure they'll love this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Orion uh, is our son, and he is nine, almost ten. Double oh digits coming up, wow. <laughs> and he's he's our solstice baby. He was born on the summer solstice. Okay, I have to tell you this. So my husband's name is Sunny. We are married on the Sunshine Coast, and we had our first son on the summer solstice. That's pretty cool. <laughs> There's a whole lot of something going on here. <laughs> a little cosmic, right? And then our daughter is Sitara. And Sunny and I actually created her name before uh, we even got married. We had this moment where we were just like, what kind of names would we like for our children? 
and we blended Sita and Tara, two goddesses mm-hmm. together, and didn't know actually that was a name that's really popular in Persian culture actually until we had her and I looked it up online. I was like, what is it? Does it mean anything? Is it popular? Like what's going on with this name? Cause we were really feeling called to Satara and it means morning star. So we have the nice. morning star, Orion <laughs> and sunny. <laughs> yeah. You got the pantheon cover there. Yeah. <laughs> so family. <clears throat> I know you, I want to move into, um, talking about you do this work with Sarah and you call it medicine, sound healings. Yeah, well, Mendocino Sound Healing is, um, I would say, I love working with Sarah Bassendale. She's absolutely phenomenal, and we were, um, you know, definitely sound sisters from the beginning, and now it's becoming more and more um, sound practitioners weaving through, and yoga practitioners as well, and I work with Sumami as well. We're doing a cacao ceremony for this new moon coming up at Kamaloka. So it's just layers of Mm. co-collaborating with multiple uh, facilitators who really have this vision for healing humanity and our planet. So it sounds to me like what you're saying is that you had this vision and you just kept following it and doors kept op- have kept opening for you because you stayed true to the path. Yeah. That's what it sounds like you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm very... I'm very intrigued. I, I love the having that Dan Dallinger song to open this, this thing because it's a ghost of a chance. I love that. I get, my heart just rushes when I hear this, this thing. You know, like everything, even in the worst of times, there's a kernel. There's a kernel of a love and truth somewhere. And it sounds like you've been following that, You're going following that kernel, mm-hmm. and it, it, it coming along in this direction that you have on. So, <clears throat> as we, as we deal with this planetary crisis more and more, which is obviously increasing. And like I so said, we don't need to take the whole list because most people are pretty, seemingly most people around here are pretty aware of it at this point. How do you see the sound is, let's talk about how the sound intersects with the change, the potential change that we're working for. Yeah, well, um, I'm not sure if a lot of you are familiar with Yamoto's work. I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, he was doing a lot of studies on these crystalline structures of water so he'd freeze water and then he'd talk to it in different forms like he'd say love or you know gratitude or happiness to some of the water and then he'd look under his microscope and take photos and they're super beautiful crystalline um, shapes and then there was the other side where it's just like hate and you know war and Mm. you know just negativity and it would be all like muddy and yucky and so really what we're when we interact with people if we're complaining about what's happening and of course you know giving it voice is important and you know coming down to the root of the problem but if we can really visualize you know a vibrant healthier world and send out those prayers send out those loves but also within ourselves you know how many of us are judging ourselves on a daily basis mm. i know definitely for me that's been a struggle my whole life like looking at myself in the mirror oh self-judgment is horrible and, it's really debilitating yeah right so you know being able to look at yourself in the mirror and like see a loving vibration and see yourself as love and you know heal from the inside out there's been many different philosophies that that's how we're going to heal our planet and heal humanity is just each individual layer by layer working through our stuff and coming back into balance and whether that's truth or not, I mean, you know, it's hard to say. But yes, it's a good goal. <laughs> it is. One of the things that, one of the reasons why I've taken the direction I have with this series, is I personally I've, I'm not having faith in the poli- poli- political structure or, or ec- and economic structure or spiritual structures that we've created to solve the problems that we've created. It seems like we have to go a different direction now. These institutions we have created are not responding to the crisis at all. I was interviewing somebody a little while back, and I was talking to her about rivers and waters up of up a chest area. And I asked her, I think Rich was engineering, I asked her how her, her interactions were going with state and federal officials, and she just about laughed. <laughs> she just about laughed on the air. I was like, dang. <laughs> she basically dismissed the question. It was a stupid question, you know. So that's why I wanted to take do these kind of things. So what is the healing modalities now? What can we create? And how do we step out of the system to create the new one that we need? 
So I'm curious if you could talk a little bit about how you and Sarah got together and decided to form this thing you have to get with her. Well, yeah. I hope she's listening. <laughs> um, yeah, we started um, creating sound with She Plays the Flute, and um, it would just sound so amazing with the didgeridoo. And um, she, was, she does yoga and breath work, and the breath work is super powerful with the sound vibration work. So we were doing these alchemy um, of sound and breath and taking people on these journeys to really deeply work with trauma and just really come to a space of, you know, working with... Um, when you come back into those triggers, how can you breathe through that in your day-to-day? And so teaching tools that you can use, mm. you know, throughout your lifetime. And then, you know, having the sound become the container for that work. And, yeah, it was really phenomenal what we'd have, you know, people reflect on after experiencing these um, these workshops or these journeys that we were creating and um, we've done, we went to the Women's Herbal Symposium together, and that was a super amazing treat up at um, the Hog Farm on mm. Camp Widow Rainbow yeah, area. Yeah, up the area. That's very sacred land, and um, it was a true honor to create sacred sound out there. And uh, I think just the more and more we open up to this work, it's like bridging this, um, you know, the earth frequencies and also the ethereal frequencies with like the singing bowls that really. Almost like it brings down the cosmic family, or if you believe in angels, like I've definitely heard angels singing when I'm singing with my crystal singing bowls. Mm. It's just it opens up this other um, frequency that you can tap into that, and it's amazing what people, you know, what they can move through their bodies. You know, really deep traumas, or they can, you know, just come into a space of just balance and wholeness, and um, it's different for everyone. A lot of tears are shed, but it's good. It's just like yeah. cleansing. Get and those tears out. We yeah. need to cry a lot more. <laughs> the whole, the whole, everybody can use a really good cry. I think, I think we have a lot better plan if we just had a really good cry. <laughs> well, that, that kind of segues into, I'd like to segue into personal trauma that everybody has from family systems, political systems, uh, a cultural system that, we were struggling with for centuries. And I think often that we all get wrapped up in this drama, right? This political drama, oh, is it blue, is it red, is it left or right? Republicans, Democrats, everything is divided. Mm -hmm. I I almost think that it's intentional. Like, then then we can be, be exploited. Then the planet is exploited if we're divided. And I think that I'm, I'm curious to have you hear your thoughts about the sound basically create a unified field within a person so they can step out into even even if it's a chaotic world they have integrity inside themselves yeah and um i feel like i just love working in group settings because each individual comes into balance and harmony and then we become a balanced harmonized group together and i always say when i'm offering these this i'm not just you know, offering them as myself, we're co-creating this experience. We're co-creating this collective frequency together. And that's why I love doing the toning work because we go from each of the chakras like ohm and every chakra has a different tone and we go all the way up to the crown. So we're all doing our own frequency of those um, and coming into this resonance and this harmony that it ripples out you know if you know about the butterfly effect when a butterfly flaps its wing its wings it can create a tsunami somewhere else in the world <laughs> so if we're doing that together as a collective and really intentionally you know sharing that frequency and that vibration out mm. i do believe we can shift things i um yeah i'm not so i don't get too caught up in government affairs i i look i listen and i learn but I try not to stay. I try to stay neutral. I think that's the best way because if we're all fired up on one side, how can we really listen to somebody else if they're speaking about their truth within, you know, what they believe in? You know, it's it's like listening to somebody and like integrating what they believe in and working a way to like harmonize. Okay, but how can I tune into that and speak my truth as well? And I I feel like 
you know, over the past few years, it's been people just talking, but nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge part of the sound experience. Or yelling. <laughs> like <Right>. yelling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, let's all just listen and take that in. And how do we work with that? And, and listening to the earth. You know, I always go back to that. It's like, if we can just listen to the earth and listen to her messages, then yeah. you know, people would, I believe they would rise up in a new way. I've been really, since I had my stroke, I've been very touched. And I notice the synchronicities of things a lot more than they used to. You know, I just, and also because I've dropped, maybe because I'm brain damaged, I don't know. I have dropped, (laughs) maybe it's an advantage to have brain damage. I've had to drop this duality thinking. And I'm amazed at the amount of blessing I get from people from all kinds of walks of life. Just the other day, I was having a coffee in Starbucks, and this lady, she sees me in my, she sees my impaired condition, so she comes over. She wants to say a prayer for me. I say, at first, I'm, my back is up because I'm kind of guarded against, you know, being proselytized. And well, I say, go ahead. So she just does the most beautiful Christian prayer, saying that she already sees me he, as healed. And it totally synchronized my morning meditation. I was just saying to myself, my morning meditation, I'm just going to see myself as healed now. <laughs> I was like, really? I mean, I would never, I don't think I would show up at this lady's church, but there she was, you know, coming over and praying for me. It was beautiful. I was really touched. Mm-hmm. It was very heartfelt from her perspective. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a modality that I go through, but still, she was speaking from her heart and her modality, and it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. quite lovely. <laughs> So yes, I think maybe maybe what you're talking about with your sound, what you do is there in yourself, is, is, is the sound takes out of the duality. There's right, wrong, you're this, I'm that. You know this duality thing, and it sounds like your sound breaks down those barriers. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when we use our own voices to sing or to tone together, it, it comes into a different um, whole level of existing with sound. And, you know, sound is always around us. You know, a lot of us, um, you know, we hear certain frequencies. And so when you can come into a sound bath or you can receive a sound session, it's going to open up your awareness to different sounds that are, you know, even deeper on other levels. Let's give our listeners a little bit. What does a sound bath look like or sound like? Tell us. Oh, sure. what, what do you mean by that when you say gills in a sound bath? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the sound baths that I've been creating, Kama Loka, um, we have people come with a yoga mat or a camping mat, and you find your little space and with a pillow and a blanket. And we always started off with... Um, What's Kama Loka? We should tell listeners oh, that. Oh, sure. Yeah, it's a metaphysical store. Um, it is on Franklin, Franklin Street. Right. And I've also um, offered them at Rise and Be Well as well. It's in the company store. Um, but so then we we shake out our energy. We just like get up and we start shaking it out. And we use um, sage to really start clearing every single person. So I normally work with a facilitator that works with that clearing. And, um, and then we do a guided meditation. I love to have everyone visualize roots growing out of their legs, down their feet, and connecting to Mother Earth. That's super important that we ground our energy through these experiences. And then we, as appropriate, draw energy up our legs. And I go one by one up the chakras and filling up the whole body, the cellular structure, all the way up to the crown and fountaining it out the aura field. And then connecting in with the... Um, the sun energy. I'm going to interrupt and tell us. I wish we were TV right now because she's raising her hands up. She's doing all the movies that she speaks. It's quite lovely. <laughs> but we're radio, so you, you'll just have to imagine it or take my word for it. <laughs> and then, so the idea is that your branches are growing up towards the sun, and then you're, you know, feeling that sun, that life force energy coming back down into your branches, down into your crown, down into your heart, and just having those Mother Earth and that sun energy swirling in your heart space. And then connecting to your intention for the experience and just really connecting with your love. And I really do love working with evolved ancestors, the angelic realm, and spirit animals. So I have been attuned and I have a certification in shamanic Reiki. So I use a lot of those practices in like the elements, the earth elements. And then I invite people to lay down and we just start 
with um, the rain stick is a really amazing tool to start out. Just really um, calling in the rain for our lands, the rain for everyone, each individual that they all have, clean water for themselves and their families always. And may that be the same for our global family. And then um, it just goes into other instruments. I have an oceanic drum, too, that sounds like the ocean, and that's really amazing for breaking up negative energy and stagnant energy. So at the beginning, it's all about just really clearing stuff out, just clearing all the stuff we don't need. Let's just let it go. And then the didgeridoo comes in, and it really grounds the energy in with Mother Earth and just really grounds everyone. And scientifically, the didgeridoo is an infrared um, vibration of 20 hertz or lower, so it is very, um, for even our bones, it can really heal the bone structure. It can heal our cells on a deep mm. level. Um, so I love the psychoacoustic science out there that's found <laughs> out all these incredible um, scientific studies on, you know, even crystal singing bowls and how they can help and um, tuning forks. So, yeah, the didgeridoo, I have a drum that I actually made while my um, son was in my womb with my husband. So it's an elk medicine drum, and it's just really, again, grounding the energy. So it's really important to ground at the beginning of these sessions. And and then we take it higher. So we go up, and I work with different practitioners. Like I said, um, I've worked with um, a man named Jason. He plays the guitar sometimes. There's Johnny Quest that's come in, and he has this beautiful xylophone from Thailand. Vietnam, sorry, it's a Vietnamese xylophone. And a, um, I think it's called a Cora. It's this yeah, amazing. she plays Cora. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, so Johnny plays that Cora. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's this beautiful African harp, and so you know these different um, musicians will come in and they'll weave in sound with me as well, and then we take it up. So we're just like raising the vibration right up into the crystal singing bowls, and each one of them is attuned to the chakras. So again, all the chakras are becoming activated, and it's all becoming elevated into this ethereal plane, and that's when you know we can really open up to our intentions are um, open up our third eyes to our inner wisdom and also the guidance that's coming in from our um, allies <laughs> our team that's here to hold space for us our evolved ancestors they're all here for us and you know what I do too is I call in all the ancestors for the healing so if people really want to they can have their ancestors that need healing to be in the session so it goes really deep um, so there's a lot of work that's done and then the one that we recently did, I just recently did this with a group after we did the chakra toning, is creating that rainbow bridge to all those in need, and I really love that. So we're going to do that more and more and send this beautiful energy out because I do really believe that California is a huge influence of change in a huge way. I mean, the, the winds, the waves, the energy just goes over all of the United States and all over the world. I mean, Hollywood, everyone is influenced by Hollywood. It's all... You know, we, Mendocino, are such a beautiful, magnetic, magical node on the planet that we do have the power to really ripple this out. Mm. So, yeah, like I say, everyone's co-creating the space together. And so when my friends come with their wide-open hearts, I'm just so elated because I just know that they're <laughs> going to really make a difference in the, the experience that evening. And, mm. you know, Sue Mommy and a couple of her really deep, close friends come every time, and they really hold down this, like, ancient wisdom within them. So, you know, it's not just me, and that's why I love it. It's Mendocino Sound Healing. We're all creating this together. Mm. <laughs> we have a... You have a collaboration going on. Yeah. So I know recently you've just been certified in Reiki. Maybe you could talk to us about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm just drinking some water. Yeah, I just received my master's in Reiki. Um, I've been doing Reiki for about 20 years, and I've um, had my certification still do in uh, Usuri Reiki. It's a traditional Japanese technique. And it's all about life force, connecting it in again from like Mother Earth and coming from um, source, like source light, the sun energy. And that we all have the power to heal ourselves. So basically, I'm just a conduit for this extra life force energy to flow through my body, through my hands, to the person, for them to basically do their own work. But just to be filled up with more of this light vibrational energy. And with the shamanic Reiki, that's when we pull in or ask the team, the guides the ancestors, the evolved ancestors to come in. And so just recently I've received my 
Um, it's Cosmic Divine Light Reiki Masters. <laughs> it's long. Um, <laughs> and it's working more with the angelic kingdom and really bringing in heaven on earth and um, working with the same traditional Yusuri um, symbols and other symbols and just really connecting in with our cosmic family. So it's a bit more ethereal and it's interesting to talk about because <laughs> it's more about the feeling and the connection that happens within it. And um, yeah, it's just an honor to be able to offer that experience for people. And yeah, it's hands-on. I love to do the sound integrated with Reiki. So if you come in for a personal session, I'll basically do the same rhythm that I do for a sound bath. But I work with tuning forks as well. I have uh, earth frequency tuning, tuning forks and the chakra set as well. So each of the chakras is tuned to a different hertz. And I have to say, when I got my chakra set, I was so excited that the heart frequency is 136.1 hertz. It's the same hertz as the earth frequency tuning forks, which are also ohm. Mm-hmm. So they're all connected, the heart, ohm, and earth. So I just wanted to say that because <laughs> I love that so much. Um, and so when you're doing it with the sound, it really can move a lot of energy through. So then the Reiki becomes even more poignant and more received for the person. Mm. So it's like a combination um, so I love integrating them, but if somebody wants just Reiki, I totally get that too, and mm. or just sound. So they're you know they're different modalities, but they work together. I mean, it's all all energy really, and all frequencies. I love the way you're talking, and one of the things that I think is quite the problem is that our Western tr- traditions, our Western minds, they would they would say, oh. Ancestor lineage, angel, angelic realms, what a bunch of BS. You know, a lot of people would say that. There could be people who are now listening to this interview going, that's really love what they're talking about, but <laughs> really, ancestors, angels, really get out of here. You know, our Western minds, everything, you know, has to be measured, has to be scientific, mm-hmm. has to be proven on a, on a piece of research paper and stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious if you, I almost re- was reluctant to bring this point up because it's speaking so beautifully, but I wondered if you would care to address that. Yeah, well, um, from my personal experience, uh, when I work on people, they can literally feel or see, you know, the grandparents or maybe a sibling had passed and they come to them. So they, they have, you know, the people I work for have, I guess, what's the word, Val- validated <laughs> that this is, you know, happening. And for myself personally, too, like when I work this way, you know, I really feel my ancestors there. I feel my team. I'm connected to, you know, um, you know, my power animals. I've got a few that are always with me. Rabbits. That little owl helps you out <laughs> <Yes> there. <laughs> so I'm a little shy when I do this work. So it's fun to like get out of my, you know, turtle shell sometimes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if we, you know, really connect in with it, you know, you, you know it's true. Your ancestors are, are here. They're for you. They're here supporting us. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's no scientific proof. There's right. So, I mean, psychoacoustic science, I love that that's proof for sound healing because <laughs> it wasn't 20 years ago. So that's amazing to be able to talk about, you know, the what can actually happen on a cellular level um, with the sound. But Reiki, it's... Um, there has been studies that it has really worked in hospitals. There's different places that chronic illnesses can really be alleviated. I've worked on people with Crohn's disease, multiple sclerosis, um, sciatica, certain things, and they've everyone has definitely um, told me that they've felt relief. It's, it's different. Some people feel relief for like months. Some people feel relief for you know a week, which is huge for them. Yeah. You know, and then others, you know. It, doesn't work for them and that's fine i think sometimes people you know if it really this modality doesn't work for them yeah you know people on the radio might be thinking i'm crazy but it's everyone's perspective and i just have to stay in my center and be in my truth about what i know is right for me and it's Mm. not right for everyone i know that for sure (laughs) um Mm. but yeah does that answer your question (laughs) yes well i think that we have such a struggle with our western Civilization in a Western consciousness, it seems like it's my my personal theory that I'm de- developing is that 
there was a very deliberate attempt to to, to separate people from the, the consciousness of being connected to the earth and, and being connected to the ancestors, because you know the the spiritual, the religious system, the religious capitalist system wanted wanted people to be severed from that connection. That's my own theory. <laughs> but, and so they came up with all these things to say, oh, that's so silly, being connected to your ancestors or thinking you could get a piece of truth from an animal. Really? Mm. You know, we were taught, we were taught, for hundreds of years we've been taught that is silly, ridiculous. I've, I'll just talk about a personal experience. I, people, of course, know my name is Skyhawk. I changed my name quite a number of years ago because I had so many extraordinary experiences with hawks. I've gotten into arguments with biologists a number of times over the years, I'll say, you know, I saw them do this, I saw them do that. And they'll literally say, no, they don't, they don't do that. Really? What, you call me a liar? I guess so. You know, they, the animals are extraordinary. But science says, no, no, they don't do that. They, we never saw that. It hasn't been documented. Well, I'm not lying to you. I saw it. I was there. That animal came and did this thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it seems like the, the, we really need to make this shift here. And get back to a human relationship with this earth, with the animals, with the rocks and trees and everything else. I think it comes down to the listening piece. We need to listen. I love that you did that in Australia. <laughs> yeah. You went there and you said, I'm going to go, I'm going to ask permission, and I'm going to listen. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I also like that you you brought in the activist element here by talking about the rally that we're having, that the POMOs are having. Of course, we're we're really working trying to support the POMOs and get co-management in Jackson State, and get POMO lands back. That's a big push right now. And I like that you you have this spiritual perspective, but you're still talking. Hey, everybody, go to Ukiah, you know, because that's important too. We need to show up. Yeah, we need to show up. That's mm-hmm. right. Show up for ourselves. Show up for our Earth and our community. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't believe it. I'm. We're going we're to close this interview pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna, uh, anyway, I, w- I was hoping you would share some last thoughts with us. Yeah. Well, I just. Um, I guess I'm just super grateful to live here at this time. I give gratitude every day for the fresh water that we have and the fresh air that we have, and I don't take that for granted. You know, it's and I, I pray for that, that everyone on this planet has that in their their life. And, you know, that's what we need is just the basic elements. You know, our fresh food that our local farmers create is just vibrant and so amazing. So I thank every single one of them. You know, I have a little garden and it takes so much work and it's so small. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love doing it. But I can't imagine making that much food for the people and... I just, um, yeah, I guess I'm just wanting everyone to come into that space, too, of just really feeling the rain all over our, our lands right now and just calling the rain back because we need the water so much. In our we should do. Now. We should do. So, um, oh, there's going to be a rain dance. Can I talk about that? Sure, of course. <laughs> um, so the rain dance is going to be on the 19th of March at Big River um, on the ocean side. And I believe it's going to start at 12. And we're going to have a little ceremony at 11 for the uh, equinox, the spring equinox. The Sumami and Lavender Grace will be there and um, some other really amazing people. So we're going to really feel that rain just like washing over our bodies and coming onto the land and... And maybe we have a good spring rain because we need it for sure. Yeah, that was a, that was a wonderful shot we got back in December. Yeah, but there's been nothing, almost nothing since. <sighs> yeah, it's you know, first of all, like, yeah, it's gonna rain this year, and then all of a sudden the faucet right. got turned off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. may the rains come. And do you mind if I tell everyone my website? If they want of course, to please do. Yeah. So my website is mendocinosoundhealing.com with a www in front of it. But yeah, it's Mendocino Sound Healing. And um, yeah, I'd love to connect more with the community and just really thrive together. That's what we're here for, right? Is to thrive. We have a few minutes left. We didn't quite make it till 8 o'clock yet. So Audrey is going to play some Did You Do for us one more time to take to, to the 8 o'clock hour. Go ahead, Audrey. Thank you.
Audrey Chancellor, and did you do? Thank you, Audrea. It was so such a beautiful show. I really enjoyed myself tonight. Thank you, Rich Culberson, for being here engineering with us, and thank you all out there in KZOX land for being here with us tonight. Appreciate it a lot, and I'll, I'll hear from you next month. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.